You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. You like that? You like that? Keep his mic off, actually. Has <laughs> he turned down? It was off. Oh, oh no. Wow. I missed Hello. two days and forget how to turn my mic on? Rami starts the show and his mic wasn't potted up because Jonathan sabotages him. And he, yep. like, and like, <laughs> yeah. looking at us with this panic look on his face, like, what? Is my voice gone? I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was my headphones, Welcome if it back. was the microphone, if I had been fired because I missed two days. And sick. next up. I didn't know what happened. Oh, yeah. And tr- next turn up, in that card. Jonathan's going to play Bartman. <laughs> That's what's next. No. Yeah. Bartman's coming. No. no. I wouldn't do that. No. Right now. Oh, no. No. I'd wait until at least the second no. segment. Jonathan would never do that. He'd wait to do that. I'd wait till the second segment, at least. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Maybe I'll play the game. I appreciate that. We have a lot to get to this afternoon, including a cram session at 5 o'clock. Jonathan will ask our opinions of things and then randomly grade and score those opinions based on what he likes. Good luck, Rami. And at 440, there was an in-other news story that I thought for sure somebody other than me would have when I was out yesterday. Yet, But you guys, you dropped the ball on this one. This was made for in other news. So please tune in at 440. Don't blame me. I will bring you. Don't blame me. Well, Mine was fantastic. I'm glad I could bring this to the okay. table. But at 440, you're going to want to be tuned in for a bonus in other news story. Blame Mackie. So it was. were you hoping that we wouldn't? or did... I was hoping that, selfishly, I was hoping that you wouldn't. For the good of the show, I was hoping that you would because <laughs> it was made for that segment and it would have made good radio. So we'll make good radio out of it today at 440. Okay. Let's start off the day with the uh, the Vikings schedule, the NFL schedule release yesterday, and uh, football. You guys, it's it's time to talk some football. Judd and I, we uh, went through it game by game on Purple Daily today, and I think we both had them at nine and seven, right? We did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say because you guys like this is actually the ninth time I think in the last two days Judd has picked the Viking schedule because <laughs> yes. he did he did a mock schedule on scorenorth.com in which he we also then we picked the games based off Judd's mock schedule. Yeah. A couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, we then did the leaked games that we knew about and picked those games mm-hmm. yesterday. Judd did a live reaction pick on our watch along on uh, Score North social media and then did a column on the website and then Purple Daily. And every time he's added a win, I feel like. No, I kept it. It was four wins off the start. Now it's up to (laughs) nine. On the stream show last night, I was at seven and nine. I then went home and wrote a column for scorenorth.com. At which point I landed on nine and seven, okay. and then I kept that consistent with an explanation on today's Purple Daily. Okay, so I've been consistent for the last two things I've done with the Viking schedule. So you, so you guys have both said nine and seven going game by game, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to, I want this to be my official, unofficial, <laughs> official picks uh, debut. 
Jonathan, can you... I don't want to keep track myself because I don't want to know. Don't tell me what my record is until the end. Okay. Because sometimes do you do that, right? Where, well, I got them... Five right. and four, and like no, you're like I don't want to. I don't, don't want to end up with twelve wins because that's unrealistic. Let's take it on a game by game basis and forget the big picture. Is what you're saying? And I'm not sure if twelve wins is unrealistic yet. Okay. We'll have to see. I'm, I'm okay. going to play along too. All right, I'll keep track too. <laughs> this is going to be too much. You'll keep, tra- you'll keep track of me. Or you're going to you're going to pick. No, again. no, no, no. I'm keeping track of yours. Okay. He wants to see if he ends up with yet yeah. another different win total than he's had the first five times that he's done it. I've okay. got. I've, I'm going to jot down here 72 Dolphins and see if Phil has the Vikings matching the 72 Dolphins. All right, All right. that's fine. All right, all right. Week one against the Atlanta Falcons at home. This is uh, so, so the Vikings home schedule is actually really favorable if you look but there's a there's a few games like Philadelphia at home is not a gimme at all. Aaron Rodgers is never a gimme at home and the Bears are tough. Atlanta's I th- I think there's four pretty much gimme games at home which we'll get to. Atlanta's not one of them but it's kind of in the middle. I'm going to say they win that opening game against Atlanta. The Vikings have had some really nice opening week performances by quarterbacks in recent years too from Sam Bradford, Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to say uh, crowd noise and early feel good win against Atlanta. All right, all right. Okay. Feel free to chime in, you guys, with your analysis here if you think I'm. I also have them beating track. Atlanta. I think they're two somewhat evenly matched teams. I think the Vikings are a little bit better football team, and you throw in home field advantage. They start off the season with the win. Okay. Mm-hmm. At Green Bay in Week Two, I'm going to say that's a loss. One and one. I think I had them sweeping Green Bay in one of the mocks. You did. I'm c- I'm coming back off that early a little on. Bit. You did, yes. Okay, and and Rami started with that. You started with that one, yeah, and, then as I, a and then I flip flopped. Win, and then I had him winning this, and then later okay. switched right. it to a loss. Okay, yeah. uh, this it, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of pent up aggression and uh, and revenge built up inside of him, and some of it is going to get taken out on the Vikings in Week Two. You're Division saying Aaron Rodgers holds a grudge. Shocking, what? I know. <laughs> Shocking, I know. Never heard of that before. Week three is an easy, feel-good, get-well game after a loss in Green Bay, and you're going to beat Oakland to get to two and one. And I think if you if you told the Vikings, are you cool with two and one first three games, especially against Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers? I think you'd probably sign up for that. So sure, two and one. Yeah. after the first two games. Mm-hmm. At Chicago, I thought you weren't going to do that though. You weren't going to keep track of the record as we go along. It's really easy math after three games <laughs> for some of us. Yeah, ho- hopefully you'll get confused around week nine and it'll turn into great fun. <laughs> All right, week week three against uh, or week four against Chicago. I'm going to say that's a loss as well. Okay, you're grinding on the road early in in the uh, in the season. Week five at Giants. Easy win. That's a that might be a ten point road win, which you you don't get a lot of ten point road wins. That's a ten point. I road feel win. like those first five games were very clear. Like as far as what what we all thought, mm-hmm. it was pretty crystal clear. Some mm-hmm. of these, I mean, the next three games are very clear to me as well. They beat Philadelphia at home. Mm-hmm. I told you guys a couple days ago. Mike Zimmer, like, won't sleep the whole week. The Philadelphia loss in the NFC Championship game. Like every time he faces Philadelphia now, I feel like he's he has to make up for the most embarrassing loss of his career. Okay. I also I I think that the the trend under Doug Peterson with that Eagles team is they kind of get off to slow starts and then find their footing and and find their rhythm later in the season. Yeah. So I think both the Raiders and the Eagles, I think, are going to get better as this season goes along. So I think that they fell in the right spot of the Vikings schedule for them. Yeah, that's a that's fair analysis. At Detroit in Week 7, that's a win. I know that Detroit has been kind of a spotty thing for Mike Zimmer, but they're beating this Detroit team in uh, Week 7. And then they're going to come back home in Week 8 against Case Keenum and the Washington Redskins. As Judd does the choking motion. 
Oh, cousin's been picked off again? And that's a primetime game. So you have a lot of forces here. You've got a Kirk Cousins primetime game, and he's been terrible in his career in primetime. Yes. What is he, like 4-13 and 13 or something in primetime? You've got, got the, the Case Keenum revenge factor. Yep. And uh, so, but it's it's possible for two things to be true. It's possible for Kirk Cousins to not play well in primetime and for you to still beat a bad quarterback in Case Keenum. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. I agree. The Vikings are going to beat Washington. The Redskins are god-awful. And Case Keenum is not that good. Case Keenum had a career 12-week run with the Vikings. He had a he had, he put the glass slipper on for 12 weeks. I Let's think not he, overrate what he is. Even the the big stage jitters that Kirk Cousins seems to get, I, don't, I, I think they can even overcome that because the Redskins are so bad. Yeah. Dude, let's see here. I was trying Judd's to find... clenching his teeth through this find, no, positive no, no, analysis. No, I was, try, no, I was trying to find Cousins. No, I was trying... No, I'm trying to find Cousins 5-13 and 13 in primetime. So okay, I said four and thirteen. I five and thirteen. Sorry, Kirk, I shorted you. You sold him short. Five and thirteen. How dare you, sir? <laughs> he's going to use that as motivation this year. Peterson takes the handoff at the seven. He's to the ten. He's to the fifteen. He's breaking loose. Pete Adrian Peterson. Forget, I actually forgot about that. Third <laughs> touchdown of the night. This is a, a double revenge game for. Uh, Did you think Washington. I could do it? Did you think I could do it? That is true. I'm actually more worried about Peterson running for a buck seventy-five and three touchdowns than I am Case Keenum throwing for three hundred and three touchdowns. Case Keenum's going to throw four touchdown passes just to Adrian Peterson alone. Wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Write that down. Wow. Yeah. Write that like, down. Yeah, exactly. Right, Jonathan. That's binding, by the way. You don't make predictions like that on this write show. Write that down for that game, by the oh, way. Oh, I got to so. do. I'll write that down off this for tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't even think of that yet. Joe, will you do a straight-up week eight, write that down? Just three write that downs tomorrow, you know what? just I think for I, week eight? You know what? I am so excited for this game. This is the linchpin game of the Vikings 2019 season. All right, week nine. Okay, so, win, so win, though, right? Yes, okay. yes. All week right. nine at Kansas City, I can't in good conscience give the Vikings a win there. That's that's a, an amazingly difficult place to play, period, and uh, and that offense and that quarterback. So that's a loss in Week 9 mm-hmm. after one, two, three, what do I have them? Four straight wins going into that. Um, Dallas Week 10, Sunday night. So another primetime game for Kirk Cousins. Ugh. This is where I see the primetime jitters getting Kirk Cousins. I agree with Rami. I think they lose back-to-back road games there. Week nine and week ten. You two are so negative. I get them a win in this game. I say they go to Dallas and they win. You see, you guys, this is the problem. Starting to come apart here. This is the problem. Here's the thing. So he's you're not acing all these primetime games with Kirk. Like he's not going from five and thirteen to Washington game being the loss. And there's five primetime games on the schedule. Correct. And they might even that week seventeen game might get flexed at some point too, right? Actually, those week seventeen games are all at three o'clock now. So, um, and we're and, and there are some. If you want to count these, I'd like to know his record in the three o'clock national primetime slot too, because like the, those are similar. You sure you I want to know that? Specific. And I'm not sure that you want to know that. It might depress you even more. Go look that up. No, I'm just bad. Kidding. All right, home against Denver, week eleven. Uh-huh. Joe Flacco. That's a that's a get well game after two straight losses going into a bye. Mm-hmm. So week twelve bye. Mm-hmm. And ordinarily you'd say, man, at Seattle, another primetime game. It's just it's not an easy place to win, but. Here's the yeah, but it's not like Seattle has a loaded. Seattle has Russell Wilson, and they're, they've been a team kind of in transition, and they win 9, 10, 11 games because of Russell Wilson. If you give Mike Zimmer two full weeks to prepare, and they, they did a great job defensively last year against Seattle. They just couldn't score a point, right? Right. So I think they win an ugly game on Monday night against Seattle in week Seattle. 13 because, strictly because of the bye. You're giving Mike Zimmer a couple weeks to prepare. 
in this instance. And that would bring Kirk Cousins' record in Monday Night Football games to 1-7. and seven. Yeah, he's 0-7. He's 0-7 in Monday Night Football Will games. Will they carry him off the field even if they win 9-6 to six for winning his first Monday Night Football game? They'll still game? be so mad about that Washington loss that they won't be able to stand him. Okay, so, Do you dump so Gatorade on Kirk Cousins' head if he, go, if he breaks <laughs> the 0-7 yes. stretch? Yes, you do. Okay. And then throw a parade. <laughs> he gets sick and can't play in the next game against Detroit. Uh, okay, week 14, home against the Lions. That's another win okay. for the Vikings. Okay. Yep. So a uh, couple, couple wins against... Silver pants teams. Although the Seahawks don't really have silver pants anymore. They used to, though, when I was a kid. Right? In the 90s? <laughs> I don't remember. At, sure right. at the Chargers in week 15, Sunday night, so you're traveling, it's prime time. I got the Vikings losing that game. Okay. Okay. And then week 16, home against Green Bay, revenge win after losing in week two. Okay. And then a win against Chicago in week 17. Oh, boy. Possibly with division on the line or playoffs on the line. So there it is. Mackie. What do I have? Fountain, po- fountain of positivity here. You have them at 11 and 5. Wow. Yes. Wow. Goodness and, gracious. 11 and man. 5. 11 and 5. You just turn, saved turn this up. Yeah. That's right. Ooh. 11 and 5. You writing that down? Yeah, we should write these down tomorrow. That's a good. Yeah, we should. Well, we're, we're, and we're going to pick again after the draft, I would assume. Yeah. But should we write, like, we, if, if the Vikings draft a left tackle, I might have them winning that game against the Chargers. That's true. You could have them at like 13, we're 14 pick wins. After the draft. We're going to pick after rookie OTAs. We're going to pick after everything. Rookie OTAs. So 9 and 7. 9 and 7, 11, 11 and 5. 5. Have you picked the schedule yet? I haven't yet. Okay, later in the show, we're going to have Jonathan <laughs> pick the schedule. <laughs> he's he's going to pick a soccer schedule instead. He's going to pick the rest of the United schedule. I'm going to pick it based on uh, how Minnesota United has done in those cities. Exactly. Uh, should we come back and, and just, there's so many things to observe with this schedule. There's so many, there's a lot of interesting things that, uh, should be uncovered. You guys want to do a little deep dive when we come back? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Kyle Rudolph said some things, I feel like, directly to Judd Zolgad and Matthew Collar <laughs> through his press conference. So we can get to that, too. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Because uh, Rami is off his deathbed, and uh, we like to have him back here. Let's talk about TCL TVs for a moment. America's fastest-growing TV brand and one of the top TV companies in the world right now, just red-hot. With that built-in Roku device giving you access to thousands of streaming channels and I want to say 450,000 plus movies and TV show episodes. So with the built-in Roku device, not only do you get all of those uh, streaming options, but you get an easy to toggle back and forth menu between your cable and satellite channels, whatever it is that you subscribe to, and those streaming channels. I mean, it's perfect for cable, satellite, if you're a cord cutter Obviously, you get the most options of any TV on the market. And if you do a quick Google search for TCL TVs, you'll find rave positive reviews all across the board from credible publications like USA Today and CNET. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios. Myron on Hoops with Myron Metcalf. I can tell you about a player as a rookie. Thought he was the toughest guy in the room. The resident tough guy said, you haven't proven anything. And that locker room cleared out and man to man, they went at it. And that this rookie got his tail whooped. Now, those two are inseparable. I think Jimmy was trying to bring some of that out of Carl Towns to convince Andrew Wiggins like, dude, you got to do something to respond with all these people saying, you're soft and don't deserve that money. You prove those people wrong. Myron on Hoops. Score North and on scorenorth.com. 
Thank you, Jonathan. I'm, I'm just posing this question on uh, Scorner Twitter, and I'll throw it out to you guys real quick here. What is the most interesting or thing that stands out most to you about the Vikings schedule now that you get to see it in the flesh weeks 1 through 17? I was surprised by five primetime games for a team that just went 8, 7, and 1. That doesn't, not to, and don't take this the wrong way, not to say that they're not a good football team. We all had them somewhere between 9 and 11 wins, and I think all those outcomes are entirely possible, but when you talk about star power and what draws people to the TV, not a lot of that on the Vikings roster, really, when you look at it realistically. So to go 8-7-1, and one, not have the marquee household names and get five primetime games, that was pretty surprising to me. I don't know about you guys. They're not really, to your point, they're not really a sexy team. Defensively, they're really good. Cousins is, he's okay, but he's not great. So, yeah, I, I agree. I thought that they would get probably about three, and instead they got five. Uh, Phil, the thing that stands out to me is uh, week, basically week six through week ten to me, make or break. Philadelphia at home. Detroit at Detroit. Okay, they're, they're not not that good. I told you before, that Washington game really intrigues me at home, at KC, at Dallas. That strikes me as a portion of the schedule where where you can either... You can either fall completely flat and win like one game and you're in huge trouble and you're essentially done. You come up big and and probably realistically, as with what we did with schedule, you beat Philadelphia, you beat Detroit, you lose one, let's say in my case, to Washington, uh, you lose to Kansas City, but you beat Dallas. Or as you guys talked about, you beat Dallas. Um or I'm sorry, you beat Washington but lose to Dallas. But I think week six through ten is where you're going, where your season is basically yeah. going to be decided. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the toughest stretch on paper, anyways, right? I mean, but but then again, who would have said Kansas City's offense would have been what it was with Pat Mahomes last year? There's so many things. Oh, pop it could up. Cha- it could change completely. And that's what strikes me right now. Yeah, and if we were you know, we well we were doing this a year ago. And it wasn't that we were completely dismissing the Chicago Bears, but nobody thought the Chicago Bears were going to be a potential Super Bowl contender, except for noted Chicago Bears enthusiast Rami McLeod. Oh, no. I didn't see that coming. I thought when they when they got before they got Khalil Mack, I said this is a team that might be in the playoff hunt until December. When they got Khalil Mack, I thought okay, now they're solidly in the discussion for a playoff spot. But I was thinking wild card. I was thinking nine or ten wins. I didn't see them doing what they ended up doing and and being a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So that even caught me by surprise. Yeah. I would say the thing that stands out or that's most fascinating or interesting, and we knew this, now we know the order of the teams, but now that just this is more of an observation about who they play, not when they play them. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of weak quarterback opponent games. And that's always one of the first things I look at is what, who are the quarterbacks that you're playing? Mm -hmm. And you've got Aaron Rodgers twice on your schedule, like always. Matt Ryan, former MVP out of the gate. Pat Mahomes, MVP. Russell Wilson, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Phillip Rivers, borderline Hall of Famer. Carson Wentz might have won an MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt a couple years ago. Uh, Matt Stafford is a very good quarterback. The only weak quarterback games, I would say, and, and, and I'm using weak as sort of with an asterisk, Mitch Trubisky, but... He's solid when insulated the right way, and mm-hmm. maybe he takes another step. You know, just getting into his third year. But you don't know with him. I agree with that. 
I think Case Keenum's a weak quarterback, but again, playing a revenge game yeah. against the Vikings, U.S. Bank Stadium, and then Joe Flacco and Eli Manning are the the geriatric crew. But both those guys can dust it off once in a while. What do you and, make of Dak? Um, I, I would I would put Dak on the sort of Matthew Stafford plane. Just I don't think he's he's certainly not on the Pat Mahomes plane. And then Derek Carr's on your schedule too. I put him more in the weaker category, but Derek Carr's a guy who's put up some big numbers in the past. So there's not a lot of pushover quarterbacks. Yeah, I think Derek Carr could surprise some people this year. Actually, second year in Gruden's system, they gave him some weapons. When you look at Derek Carr's numbers last year, and the the number is beneath the surface, just the completion percentage, touchdowns, yards, whatever people look at on the back of a football card. If anybody still collects football cards, but you look at if you try and explain why the drop off in his production. His completion percentage to wide receivers went way down, but so did his targets to wide receivers. And I think that's just a guy who didn't have a lot of weapons, especially at the wide receiver position and out on the sidelines the last couple of years that he trusted. So he stopped going to his wide receivers. He stopped throwing the ball downfield, and he became a lot less dangerous a quarterback. I think you give him Antonio Brown, and now for the second time, I'm drawing a blank on the other wide receiver they got. They got one of the Chargers wide receivers, I believe, this offseason. I think it Williams, one of one of the nine Williams they replaced receivers. All three of yeah, I think other, it was Terrell Williams. Yeah. Yeah, it was Terrell Williams. The starters, yeah. I think you give I think you give David Carr some weapons on the outside and and give him somewhat of a run game and protect him. And he can be a very good quarterback. I remember his first year or two in the league. And I remember distinctly watching a game where the Raiders were playing the Packers. And throughout the game, they were making comparisons of Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers. Now, that's a little crazy. And I don't think he'll ever be that type of quarterback. But I think he's better and more dangerous than than a lot of people think. And I think a lot of people forgot what he did his first couple of years in this league. Here's my biggest question game. Because it's so late. And, and this team looked so good in 2018. And I think they're going to be good again, but I'm not positive. The Chargers. Rivers is going to be 38 in December. No, that's a that's a tough game period because of Phillip Rivers and, well, I guess if he falls off a cliff. But, but that's what I'm wondering about. Like, is this the year that he finally starts to... Because at some point in time, he's going to get old. So so if the Chargers game was in, in September in L.A., I would say that that's a loss for sure. And I think I know who the Chargers are going to be in September, I think. By December 15th, I have no clue. You know what I think drives Phillip Rivers? He's got all those kids those at kids home. He, wants to, he wants to stay away from them. <laughs> and he knows that as soon he wants as to get he in that goes, RV. As soon as the decline starts, that's he's he's on the path to retirement and having to spend his days at home with 82 children. That's not Philip Rivers is not Can looking ask for a question. That. He wants to stay in the league until they're all college age and out of the house. What what's the conversation when you just continue to have kids? I don't think there has been. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're not having that talk. There's no talk. They're, they're not having that talk. Has not been you don't talk. think there's, any, there's no. any discussion? Do we want another one? Ah, whatever. I feel like it's a game of chicken. Like, you use birth control. No, you use birth control. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I think I feel like you get a vasectomy. No, you get... <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Hasn't he spoken about this? I'm I'm pretty sure he's on the record basically saying, I mean for like religious purposes, they don't you know. All right. They don't partake. Yeah, I'm just curious. It's a lot of kids. Is That's he a double digit? A lot of kids. Is he up to 10 I kids? Think 11 or 12 if I'm not Are mistaken. they at a football team? Uh, I think he's a close starting to having a offense or team. defense. I'll Google yeah, it. if you if you include mom and dad, I'm pretty sure oh, you Oh, that's I think that might football be what, team I think there. that might be what it is. Yeah. Good for Philip Rivers, man. <laughs> well, yeah, he's been he's been great for a long time. Man, well, it's a good thing he's probably needed the twenty five million dollars just to. 
He has eight. cereal in the pantry. I might have exaggerated so eight kids, a little so bit he's when got I the said 82. Eight and expecting a <laughs> Or actually, this article is old, so he has uh, nine now. It says eight, the ninth, yeah. eight and expecting a ninth in March. So he, and here we so are. He, yeah, so okay. he had the ninth about a month ago, probably. Wow. Um, so he got a baseball team. I, I don't want to go through <laughs> and pick the schedule again here for this exercise, because uh-huh. that might be overkill, but probably really not. Jonathan could do it, though. <laughs> Jonathan could pick it. He hasn't done it yet. We'll have Jonathan pick later in the show, for sure. Okay. But make a case for the best thing that could happen for the Vikings, record-wise, and the worst case, by just sort of summarizing the little stretches in the season. Like, what, what, what's a disaster... And what oh, is if they if they you know if they were to go in and the disaster the disaster is if from week six to week ten you fall apart. Okay, well talk and talk us through that. If you lose in week six at home to Carson Wentz and Philly, and then and then let's say let's say you can't lose at Detroit because I think Detroit's going to be terrible. I just have a feeling Patricia I think is a moron. I think Detroit's going to be awful. I want I want that team to be awesome so that Matt Patricia is on top of the world. It'd be, it'd be <laughs> I want him just watching that dude at press conference. I want him fired in week five. What's the smug five. factor if that happens? Oh, it's off the charts, right? <laughs> be awesome. I want to show up to a press gonna... conference with a monocle. That's where the smug factor will be. <laughs> he's going to be telling Roger Goodell to sit down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, hey, Goodell, so... sit up straight. So, let's say, though, they, they go to Detroit, Ford Field, they can't lose. But then they lose to Washington. Then they lose at Kansas City. Then they lose at Dallas. Now you're in huge trouble. You know what happens if... if so that, that's worst case. If though. that plays out, you know what happens. My write-that-down prediction that Gary Kubiak is the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings before the season is over. If they have a stretch like that... I don't think that happens regardless. If they have a stretch like that in the middle of the season where it's a a bad stretch... But the playoffs are still within reach, and they feel like, hey, if we can, if we can jumpstart this thing, if we can somehow in, inject some juice into this team, that's that's where it happens. I will right give there. you a crisp one hundred dollar bill Ooh. if Zimmer does not survive the season. Okay, all right. I would be shocked. Okay, I don't think Jonathan keep that tape. I don't now. now they fired Childress in 2010 in the midst of a disaster, but Childress was not really a likable guy and had sort of flipped out in some ways by that point. I don't think Mike will. I will give you a hundred bucks. Cool. If Kubiak All takes right. this takes the head coaching job before the season's done. Cool. I'm taking so, that hundred to the strip club. I don't blame you. You can take it wherever you want. You're you're an adult. You can go wherever you want. That's my worst case. Though. That's what I do okay. when I come into free money. You tell <laughs> tell us more. So hold on a second. Would you take my? Are you surprised crisp, he comes from Wisconsin? Would you take my my one hundred dollar bill? Yes. Go downstairs to the credit people. Yeah. Get single. All get a hundred singles. Yeah. And go to like the Seville. And then I'm making it rain. Yep. And then I'm leaving. I'm so, gonna make it rain and then walk okay. out. <laughs> a lot of things about Ronnie. I'm, I didn't. I'm gonna walk in the door, throw a hundred dollars in singles up in the air, turn around and walk out. Okay. Not gonna order anything. Not gonna sit down. No. Gonna, okay. Absolutely not. It's good. Thanks, people, Pac. Thanks, Pac Man. You guys ever eat at the strip club? Never eat at no. the strip club. They, they, first of all, I'm I am not a strip club guy. Right. At all. Okay. And uh, it, the the two or three times I've been for like bachelor parties, it always makes me wildly uncomfortable. But they do have. A hot dog buffet at the VU, <laughs> according to the A-frame sign outside on the sidewalk, for lunch. It's like a lunch hot dog buffet. Really? Yeah, middays. It's, not, it's always piqued my curiosity much more than the entertainment. Strip clubs just bore me. Like, I'm, could you just go in and eat hot dogs and say, "Listen, I honestly, I'm, I'm just here for the articles. I'm just here well, for the hot to, dogs." I think you could, except I believe the the rule at the VU is, and I've heard this. I don't know this to be true. 
I believe the rule at the VU is that you have to have a soda in front of you constantly, and it's it's like ten bucks, even if it's like a diet coke. Yes. Okay. Because like, you have to leave if you don't have a soda in front of you. Yeah. I think I think the the whole thing is that there has to be a beverage, but they don't serve alcohol, so they. Put, so you buy a soda, but it's it's how can I put this nicely? I guess I can say this. It's jacked up in price. <laughs> I'm really glad that we okay. had this discussion. It's really good because they can't serve alcohol because there's rules against right. Hmm. Yeah, I mean I could go into detail I got gotcha. you. It bores me. <laughs> Strip clubs bore me. I find them boring. Yeah, 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 I hadn't thought of it that way. He's got but. a point. Sure. <laughs> He's got a point. So I think the worst case scenario is if they don't beat Atlanta in week one, because I'm kind of chalking week one up to a victory for the Vikings home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a tough place to, to win if you're a road team. If they don't beat Atlanta and then they also lose week two in Green Bay, and now you're 0-2 and a tough stretch in the middle of your schedule looming mm-hmm. and a bunch of tough road games. So their road games, let's, just, let's do the quarterback experiment again. Here are the quarterbacks you're playing on the road this season. Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Phillip Rivers, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, Matt Stafford at Detroit. That's not that's not a gimme pushover. And then even though Mitch Trubisky's not super high on that list, it's the Bears at Soldier Field. And uh, long ago, Eli at New York would have been high on that list, but not so much. So... If you get if you if you get down zero and two to start, and then you were to slip up later in the year and lose one of those Detroit games and go like two and four in the division or something or even three and three, mm-hmm. that's a really tough road to make the playoffs. So, uh, I, I would say you start slow uh, as a worst case. You lose a home game to Philadelphia or a home game to to Denver or Washington in that middle stretch, and you can't make up for it by beating a Seattle or beating a Dallas on the road. Or uh, beating a Chargers on the road. If you can't get those makeup wins later on, then it's like six and ten, seven and nine territory. I would say that's sort of the the basement for the Vikings. Yeah, for me, the the potential pitfall is is right in the division because I have them first of all sweeping the Lions and then splitting with both the Packers and the Bears. But I could very easily see them losing both games to either the Packers or the Bears or both. So if they do that and maybe split with the Lions, I got them at nine and seven. So let's say everything else goes according to the way I laid it out. Now you're now you're six and ten, and no chance of making the playoffs. But even if they get some surprise wins elsewhere on the schedule, but do what I just talked about: lose two to the Packers, lose two to the Bears, and one to the Lions. Even if they make up for that with surprise pop up wins elsewhere on their schedule, now you're talking about five losses in the division. If you don't if you don't get the wild card, those the tiebreaker implications there probably mean that you're out of the playoffs no matter what because I think the Packers could go either way I think they could be what they were last year or they could be worse they could be better if Aaron Rodgers is back to being Aaron Rodgers a lot of people like Judd and I think that he probably will be just to prove people wrong but I think that they could also if Matt LaFleur if they don't have the right guy they could take a turn in the other direction and be a worse football team than what we saw last year we don't know if what we saw from the Bears is for real, so they could take a turn for the worst, or that defense was the real deal. I think that defense is, though. Mitch Trubisky and that offense in the second year under Nagy takes another step, and they're even better than what we saw last year. So if the Packers and Bears 
both have the arrow pointing up and are moving in the right direction next season mm-hmm. and can sweep their matchups with the Vikings and then you don't sweep the Lions like you should, I don't, re- I don't think it really matters what else you do on the rest of the schedule. You're not getting in the playoffs. I think what is interesting about this is the exercise that we could play of what do we know? What do we think we know for sure? I see those first five games pretty clearly. And and I know that this defense is going to be good. Unless guys get hurt, unless there's a ton of weird stuff, this defense is going to be, it might not be great, but it's going to be consistently good, right? Uh, part of the reason why I think I see those first five games clearly is start times as well. Noon, 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 325, noon. The thing that we don't know, and I know people are tired of, of this topic, but you come back to it, especially with five primetime games, is what? The quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Like, you know you know that defense is going to go into Seattle, for instance, and I think play well. They did last year. If Russell Wilson torches them, I'd be surprised personally. But what don't I know? Kirk Cousins. I don't know. And, and can Kubiak's system prop him up to the point where he all of a sudden starts to win these games? Perhaps. But until we see it, that's why, to me, the Washington game is so important. Because, yes, Washington's not a very good team, but guess what? There's going to be inherent pressure there. It's going to be Keenum and Peterson against Cousins, and there's no way that Kirk is going, because he's going to say, I pay no attention to that. But, of course, he does. So the Washington game, to me, is so intriguing because that's the jumping-off point for prove me wrong. It's also a Thursday night game, and Thursday night games are just unpredictable and wonky by nature, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's if. If guys are banged up, and that, that those are games where, oh, sorry, like Xavier Rhodes is out because he can't get the the full recovery time during the week. What about on the other side? What is the path to the best case scenario? What does that look like to you if if the Vikings are going to reach whatever their ceiling is this season as you kind of go through the different stretches in the schedule? What does that look like, Rami? I think that all hinges on whether or not Kirk Cousins can uh, dispel the primetime game uh, stigma that that seems to hover around him because they have five primetime games and I think I had him losing three or four of them and a big part of the reason that I had him losing those games was simply that Kirk Cousins yeah. is not as good as he is on in primetime games as he is on a Sunday noon game. It's it, the numbers are staggering and a lot of times I'll see a trend like that and I'll go that doesn't that doesn't mean anything that just means he happened to have bad games. On those on those prime time on that prime time stage, but when you get a sample size like we have, where he's five and thirteen, and the individual numbers are not good either, it's not like they're losing despite Kirk Cousins in these prime time games. There is something about that that is real that he does not perform on that stage and in those situations. I think if if he can somehow get over that hump, that we could be talking about. Like you, like you had down, Phil, 11, maybe even 12 wins. If this offense works, too, if things go, if offensively things go as well as they possibly can, I, I look at the schedule and I probably see four to five sure defeats. Kansas City, I think you lose. Mm-hmm. I think that's just an incredibly tough game. Uh, Green Bay, if things go as well as possible, you probably split. Chicago, same thing, right? Uh, Chargers, probably. But if this, if Kubiak steps in and takes Cousins and Cousins takes off and they play well, you're probably 12 and four, 11 and five, right? So I would say the best case, the best case is that because then I can 
look at this schedule and I can see some defeats, but it's not the, oh my gosh, he's probably going to choke in this game and then they're going to struggle in this game. So that's that's the best case for me is that Kubiak and this offense morph themselves into something that becomes way more consistent than what we saw last yeah. season. I could I, so for my my ceiling is obviously higher than yours because I picked I've picked them at ten and six or eleven and five and all of the mocks we've done so far this week and you guys have have a more like nine and seven ten and six range so I'm like a win or two above you in terms of where we view this team not shocking um, I could make a case if we're looking at best case scenario schedule I can make a case for seven and one or eight and zero in these home games. There's just not a ton of threatening opponents. The two most threatening opponents on the home schedule are Week 16 and 17, Green Bay and Chicago. I mean, Atlanta's somewhat threatening, and Philadelphia is somewhat threatening. But you know, they don't like. Kansas City is on the road for you. Uh, Russell Wilson is on the road for you this this year. So I could, if they go seven and one at home, and again, we're talking best case scenario. And they get four or five. They go 500 or a little better on the road. Now we're now we're getting into the 11, 12, 13 win range at the top. Uh, but that's just not really how it works when you look at a schedule and say, oh, yeah, they're going to be Denver at home in week 11. Chalk that up. Yeah, Buffalo last year. They got smoked by Buffalo. I know. You keep, I keep coming back to. And Tony oh, Romo was on the call Buffalo's, for that game, wasn't he? Buffalo's, yes, poor Nance. They put Tony Romo on that game. <laughs> poor Nance Vikings and Romo. Why would they schedule Tony Romo and Jim Nance for a Buffalo the, a, the the CBS schedule, AFC games that week were awful. I love that. So I, I got to yes, see the other games. So, so they took the Vikings. Yes, because because I, I believe during the course of the season, CBS did not have many Vikings games beyond that one. So they gave them that game because the expectation, keep in mind, going in 2018 was the Vikings were going to be really good. So they're like, let's go call a Kirk Cousins game. What they didn't know was that <clears throat> he'd fumble a couple times. Yeah, he just wouldn't show up, apparently. Thanks. Uh, so, Jonathan, be ready in the 5 o'clock hour. You're going to be picking the Vikings schedule. Okay? All right. Just uh, mentally prepare yourself. Oh, I'm prepared. Uh, Rami has some bonus in other news oh, for us. Oh, do I? When we come back. I'm telling you, this story, it's like it's like somebody took an algorithm to make a perfect in other news story. How did miss this? And put it all into one article. It's amazing. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. At 5, we'll have a cram session. Jonathan will ask us our opinions on various things and arbitrarily score those opinions and pick a winner. But a bonus in other news for you this afternoon. In other news. I wasn't here yesterday. I was out sick. I thought for sure somebody... Because occasionally we'll have the same story for another news. So I was at home and I was like, surely somebody picked up the slack on, and grabbed this story for another news. I asked Judd today, though, did anybody have a story out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin for in other news? Not yesterday. And uh-uh. Judd said no. No. No, he did not. Uh-uh. Dateline, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Mother's son arrested after chaos ensues in Eau Claire Walmart. I told you, this thing was tailor-made. I I did see this story. For in other news. I only saw the headline, though. Shortly before 8.30 p.m., April 10th, officers were called to a Walmart for a retail theft in progress. They were told a female and her dog... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. ...had shoplifted items from the store. A female and her dog... Her dog? ...had shoplifted items from the store. When officers arrived at Walmart... They found the female, Lisa Smith, 
and her dog, Bo. They also learned that her son, Benny Van, 25 years old. I'm sorry, what? Her son, Benny Van. It's like that Bonnie Vare, the band? That sounds like a radio DJ, actually. Yeah. Hey, I'm Benny Van, everybody! Benny Van, back after this, but first I want to... Okay. was in the store, also causing problems. Mm. In trying to figure out what happened, officers learned Smith had come into Walmart with her unleashed dog, Bo. You know how I feel about unleashed dogs, so this story is already getting under my skin. While Bo ran up to customers, Smith erratically started pulling apart store displays and placing them in her cart. She was asked to leave by staff and left the store <laughs> to perform karate moves in the parking lot, because that's what you do. When you get kicked out of Walmart, you go out to the parking lot and practice your karate moves. But we're not done yet. I felt like you weren't done. In the meantime, Bo got a box of Jiffy Cornbread Muffin Mix and tried to leave the store. That's the dog, by the way, in case you lost track of who the characters were in this story. Smith was arrested and fought with officers. She also attempted to, attempted to kick out the window of the squad car. While this was occurring, Van had made his way to the back of the store and removed all his clothing, exposing himself to other customers. Oh, that's good. Van fire retrieved. It <laughs> you gotta fire it up. It's at this point. But Van's a gentleman, so he retrieved new clothing from the racks, but did not purchase these items. When officers approached Van, he refused to stop and attempted to run over an officer with his scooter. Because, of course, he's in a scooter. Officers officers physically stopped the scooter and arrested Van. Smith was arrested for disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and misdemeanor bail jumping. Van was arrested for lewd and lascivious behavior disorderly conduct and retail theft. Bo was caught by officers in the store and brought to the Humane Association. The dog was not charged. Police issued him a warning for the theft. Uh, did you know the guy who exposed himself in the back of the Walmart actually calls in to Packer postgame show sometimes? It's crazy. If he's not healthy, I'd play Well, really, the only backup, I mean, they got Boyle, but Deshaun Kaiser is their official backup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, Pat, go! Was the... I've been to the Eau Claire Walmart, by the way. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> was Bo the dog? Bo was the dog. But like, was Bo in on this? Did, it seems like it. Did Bo have his marching orders for what to do? It seems like Bo was, you know, in in every great scam, there's there's a guy who's the distraction. You know what I mean? It was <laughs> Bo the dog, right? In Ocean's Eleven, you had to have a distraction for them to go in the vault sure. and get out with the stash. Did officers cuff Bo? <laughs> <laughs> or I love Sitting that she went out to the park. You lot. have the right to, not to bark. If she you went, give up the right not to bark, anything you say, Kenan will be used against you. She went out to the parking lot and started doing karate moves. I Listen, like- you get, Mr. Miyagi doesn't just take that from police officers lying down, okay? I like the Fights. naked. I like the naked guy going on and putting new clothes, putting new clothes on clothes that on. he hadn't bought. Yeah, all of a sudden he found some humility and some shame. He's like, "Oh my God, I'm naked in the Walmart." Probably what? found some nice, like those those champion mesh shorts that they have, and those like eight dollar ones. Oh, those, at Walmart. Are ni- those are nice shorts. I like I those. Agree. I totally buy those. Agree. Yeah, me too. What is wrong with that state, Rami? You live there. What the hell is wrong with that state?
So I feel like like st- stories like that are definitely mostly happening in Florida. Right. But the second least shocking state has become Wisconsin. It really has. It yeah. really has. <laughs> that is an amazing story. And if you can see this cast of characters here, let me just, uh, I'll show Judd and Phil and then I'll hold it up to our, our Twitch streamers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that woman is in her 40s. Oh, my gosh. She's younger than I am? Yes. No way. Yes, she is. Let me see. I there's mean, a lot of wear and tear there. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of oh, Eau Claire Walmart. The kid, the kid's not, the kid's not necessarily an awful looking human being, but that woman is in her forties. That's a lot of cans of Schlitz on the weekends. Here you go, Twitch streamers. That's what they look like. Follow us on Twitch.tv/scorenorth if you want to see stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe we missed that. I don't know how you missed that. We might have to build in a little bonus uh, in other news. I'm, I'm glad Judd found the uh, story about the parents who threw out their son's porno, though. I had that. I had that in the show notes. I'm still very it's upset. Always a classic. For him. Yeah. I'm very upset. Always a classic when Judd knows the exact <laughs> value of the stash of VHS videos, too. Hey, you know what? Did you figure out what names we can read from that list, by the way. Not enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if anybody brought this up yesterday when Judd had that story, but my thing is, how does porn still have value? Like, he valued it at what, like $28,000 or something? We should talked about that, yeah. How does porn still have value? It's it's so free. Like, it is so free everywhere. The I, producer said that. Are, yeah. Jonathan you can find it on the internet very yeah. readily. Why is why are you still paying for these? Are there, are there, co- are there collectors items? I was going to say, are there collectives? Are there collectors items but in the adult then, film industry? Like they, they can't be that like they can't be that sought after because again, it's all free at this point. But, but it's, it, you guys are missing the point. It's not about the accessibility of the product. It's the rarity of the product that. It's so like it's a, a fifty-two it's a, mantle. It's a it's a VHS <laughs> that you no longer need to buy. Like yeah. they don't produce them. It's. But I can go. I can go on Google right now and Google. Mickey Mantle baseball card, nineteen fifty two, and see it. But if I'm holding, but if I'm holding it in my hand like a rare VCR tape, now that's something different. <laughs> yes, my God. I'm scared what else is on that VCR tape? So I wouldn't hold it. So the twins lost today. That was a heck of a transition. Well done, Maggie. Radio pro right there. Wow. Uh, From from porn to baseball scores. All right. Let's see what happened to Target Field today. Time to hit the panic button on the Minnesota Twins, losing three out of four to the Toronto Blue Jays. That Kimberl idea? Forget about that. Yeah. Actually, we did. We we should. uh, Maybe we can pull something for the Ricey conversation later. But we did ask. Glenn Perkins, if he thought the Twins should sign Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. And he basically said yes. We talked about all the potential pros and cons. He basically said yes. And he brought up something that... So remember when the Twins, and it didn't work, but like four years ago when Glenn was still the closer for the Twins mm-hmm. and Kendrys Morales was one of these guys that didn't get a contract in spring training and he was still out there on like, whatever, April 20th or May 1st or something. It might have even been closer to June. It was in Ken- June. So he just because the draft pick there. was gone by then. Yeah, and Kendrys Morales. It was the one terrible year of his career because he just didn't go through spring training and he hit like two hundred. Then the Twins traded him to Seattle or somebody. But Glenn said the vibe in the clubhouse after the team announced, yeah, of all these teams looking for Kendrys Morales, we're the ones that dropped twelve million dollars on him, and the buzz and the energy in the clubhouse, he said, was palpable, and it just didn't pay off because he was. He didn't. He couldn't hit. He, did, he played for two months and had like. But 10 they tried. Hits, so. Yes. So imagine if you're the twins, and 
you announced that clubhouse, and I know that like putting a good pitcher on the staff is the most important thing, but secondarily, you say, hey, this lineup's awesome. You've got a bunch of awesome pitchers already. You've got Jose Barrios, and believe in you enough to spend 45 or $60 million on the best closer of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. It would have an effect. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. That would lift that clubhouse. Besides just the on-field impact that he himself brings, I think that, again, I've talked about this before, I think... I think happiness and, and fulfillment, not just as a baseball player, but in a job overall, gets better performance out of people. And and when you feel like your employer has your back and is pouring resources into into helping you be successful and put you in a position to win and succeed, yeah, you're going to go out there and probably have a little bit something extra in, in your game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Just beat Toronto, okay? Oh, like, this series was weird. It was. It feels, I, like, it feels a, like they should have won three out of four, just looking back at all the games. I wanted at least two. Toronto's not that good. No. I mean, it's not, not like Toronto. And, and I get it. It's baseball. It's a super long season. I understand all of that. But win two games. Well, at least you're not the Mariners right now, where they started 13-2, and two, and now they've lost like seven games in a row. Have you seen that? And Houston's not losing anymore. No, because Houston's just clearly the better team. Yeah, exactly. But, but like poor Mariners fans get led astray. Like, they, they sell don't. off in the offseason, yeah. but then they start 13-2 and two and you yeah, think, oh, don't. here it is. And Dan Vogelbach is the MVP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man. Whoops. He's not. No. <laughs> uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Cram session, when we come back here on this Thursday, includes uh, a hodgepodge of different questions, but... One of them being the next jersey to be retired in the Twin Cities. And a, and, and a couple key names we're going to take off the board that are just in, in transit right now to that. Let's, uh, let's also talk about, speaking of in transit, Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, one of the things I love about this place, and it's going to sound ridiculous, but it's, uh, it's the Luther Lounge. So you go in for service or whatever it is that you're uh, bringing your car in for. Maybe you're waiting on paperwork for a lease or for a financing plan. And it's the most spacious, comfortable waiting area I can think of in uh, pretty much any place I've ever been to. Two massive 70-inch flat screen TVs. They've got six workstations, all with cable TVs in them. Uh, lounge chairs, complimentary snacks and coffee and tea, and even a play area for for the kiddos and and uh, a toy room too. It's just it's a uh, it's comfort. You you just you feel it from the minute you drive your car onto the lot or uh, or into the garage area for service. It's just a different type of a feel, and you get a different level of service and interaction. Luther Brookdale Toyota six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. dot com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami.